Hi, everybody. It's Deborah here. Today, we are going to be interviewing um, Jo, and she's a social worker and also a counselor. And I'm so happy uh, that she made some time to talk to us today a little bit about actually career counseling, because that's the thing that she most enjoys. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about um, what brought her to that place and how she's helping people. So without further ado, Jill, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners, please? I definitely would. And thank you, Deborah, because I feel like, you know, you pretty much did just introduce me. You had it. That's exactly right. As I'm a social. Yeah, but you can tell us a little bit more you know, <laughs> about you and how you got to where you it's nice to know when, you know, listeners can hear where you came from. For sure. Absolutely. On your journey. As Deb said, I'm a social worker and I worked, um, you know, in nonprofits and then in what we call, what I like to call the system. And when you say that to a social worker, they definitely know what you mean by that. So I was working for like a health authority here in British Columbia. And um, as much as I loved helping people and I've worked with great people and it, you know, a lot of things about it were great. I knew that it wasn't the exact right career for me. So I branched out on my own, became self-employed and started a private um, counseling practice. And uh, I do that online, which is great for me because I like to move around and I like the freedom of working from home. And Mm -hmm. I noticed through the course of doing my counseling work with people that my absolute favorite topic to talk about with anybody was their careers. I mean, people would come to talk about, you know, a breakup with their partner or some other struggle they were going through. And then they would mention, oh, and things aren't going great at work. And I would find it hard not to steer the conversation in that direction. But of course, it's not about me. It's about the client and what they want to talk about (laughs) and what they came for. So I just (laughs) look more into career counseling and career coaching as its own sort of offering that I could help people with. And I learned a lot about that, took a course at UBC and I'm sort of transitioning my practice into doing mostly career counseling and mostly career coaching. Because as a friend of mine so wisely pointed out, it's what you do all day. (laughs) I was just going to say that. It's funny that you uh, mentioned like people come with, they have a problem with this relationship with that. That seems to be the big theme for when people think they need help. But um, our jobs, it's kind of like a blind spot for many people. Like you said, we spend almost our whole day there. And most people are not happy. Most people are not happy with what they're doing. And yet they don't feel even the need to change it. Yeah. I think most people are not happy. And they sort of think exactly what you said. They think, well, that's just the way it is. We're not supposed to be happy at work. And then I also Mm -hmm. think a lot of people have um, sort of a shame. And they think that they're supposed to know on their own how to be happy at work right? They're supposed to know what to do. They're supposed to have a calling and they're supposed to just know what Mm. that is. And they feel sort of, especially in younger people, but not always, they feel sort of like ashamed and feel like they should be able to figure this out on our own. But really nobody teaches us how to know what we're good at, what our strengths are, what's going to make us happy, how to best serve the world, how to Mm. job with your lifestyle. I like that. How to best serve the world. That's a, you know, yeah, that's a big thing. It's an important because thing. in every job that you do, you are serving the world in some form. And if you're in a job that doesn't make you happy, that means you're doing a shitty job. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so if you go and find something that makes you happy, then, you know, maybe you will be way more effective. But we don't think about it like that, right? Right. And I want to say, I agree with you that often if you're not happy at work, you're doing a shitty job. And I want to say that. Yes, often that is true, 
Mm. But there's a thing that happens that's almost more dangerous is when you're not doing a good job and people keep telling uh. you that you're doing a good job. And yet, you know, this doesn't feel right. This isn't it for me. This is okay. I can tolerate this, but there's mm. something better. And it's really hard to strive for that something better for you. Like if you're in a job that you hate, that every day you wake up and it's just awful and you, you know, it, it's just drudgery to get through it. Well, it's easy to make a change in that case, right? It, mm. you're like the pain yes. is going to push you. But yes. when, when you're doing okay, your, feed, your coworkers are telling you, you know, they enjoy working with you. You're doing a good job. That, ah. you know, you're getting well compensated, well compensated enough that's dangerous because it's mm-hmm. really hard when you you know what I mean and people are saying oh you're really lucky to have this job it's great hours you know it's you worked really hard to get here when you're getting that kind of feedback mm. and you know deep inside you mm. that they're really right you know what I mean that you could be happier somewhere else that you have a higher calling right that's more dangerous than oh, wow. you know, that you absolutely hate what do yeah. you think that sound right to you or yeah I think that both there's both end of the spectrums right and like it's very important like most of the time what happens to us is we are not aware Mm -hmm. it's it's so in your your blind spot yeah because you know like it's been in our conditioning that you have to have a job and especially you have a family you have to provide for your family so you don't even think about your relationship to your job you just know that you have to be there because you need the money. So it's, it's, I think what might be useful for people is to start thinking, what is your relationship to your job? What is your relationship to your job? You know, because if that's in your blind spot, then you don't even know. A hundred percent. I actually couldn't agree with you more. And I think that that's one of the things that I say to people when they come for career counseling, what's different about having, you know, a mental health background and a counseling background and a social work background is really seeing somebody in the environment. I think that people think that career counseling and career coaching is you're going to show up and they're going to put you through a bunch of assessments and tests and it's going to sort of spit out, you know, here's what you're good at, go do that. And yes, yes you say about the relational piece, I mean, we, ha- we do have a relationship. We do. And we ignore it. It's like anything else, like how you, like you said, having been a counselor for many different things that people come to you for like that's one of the things that you see is that people have relationship issues with many things but they don't think about it like even with money their job these are all relationships that we have that we are not looking at it's a complete blind spot to us and so we don't even know we just you're just going through the motions and being unhappy and don't even know why you're doing it and that's why for some people have you seen they get what we call the midlife crisis right and they're just done and they do like very stupid things because they have yeah <laughs> some stupid things <laughs> because we've seen them, you know, like trying to ignore that, trying to go and do the right thing. And then it comes to a point where you're just like, I don't want to do this anymore. And then they just really blow the whole thing up. So before we get to that point is really the why we want to uh, talk to people about careers. Before you get to that point, I think, you know, if you are not looking at relationship with your job, Mm-hmm. maybe it's time that you do. And if you find that you have an issue, there's many people that can help you in even people like, um, like Jill here. Uh, that's what she does. That's what she loves to do. And it like nobody it's, it's not set in stone that you have to do something for the rest of your life that you like, if you liked something when you were 
20, maybe you don't like it anymore when you're 30 or 40 and it's okay to change. It's just to acknowledge that, right? And not to be afraid. And there's many risks, of course, it depends on different people's backgrounds and why they have a job and who they have to support and so on and so on, right? But I do believe that if you truly um, want to be in a, in, a, in, a, in a career that you truly feel um, fulfilled in, that you can make it happen even with all those challenges. And that's why we have people like Jill, career counselors, it's going to help you step by step. It doesn't have to be, and I like it because it doesn't have to be, oh, from a zero to a hundred, maybe you take a baby step towards that and then another step towards that. But at least you're now thinking about it. At least you're in a relationship with it. Mm-hmm. At least it's not in your backstory. Right. Do you, would you agree with that? I would agree with it a hundred percent. I think people often think, you know, oh, when I win the lottery, or like you said, oh, when my kids are grown up. Yes, And sometimes I think, you know, if you look at Instagram posts or you look at influencers, often they'll be like, oh, no excuses. Just do the thing that you want to do. You only have one life. (laughs) And I think, yes, there are some people who can do that. Absolutely. But for most of us, we do have what you said, bills to pay, rent or a mortgage. We have kids to raise. We have obligations. Mm. And I think, you know, doing career coaching and career counseling in the context of that, right? How can Mm. those work for you instead of against you How against you, you baby steps like you were saying yeah yeah and often, you know it's important as well to take you know you can, you can do a full leap but sometimes it's important to do some investigation first because I you know often what you might think of a job there's certain you might romanticize it a little bit so it's important mm. to sort of take baby steps and find out okay am I romanticizing this or oh I love that we romanticize so many things don't we absolutely (laughs) it's actually what I call it in my career when I come to people it's like it's fantasy (laughs) (laughs) where are you living you're living in your fantasy and and certainly you know making a career transition you can be happier but there's Mm. still if it's, you know, the right career for you, more aligned, the conditions are better suited for you and your personality, absolutely. And yet at the same time, there's always going to be things that are objectionable or things that are not your favorite. And I think it's important to have a real, a a solid idea of what those are. I mean, I'm just thinking of an example of, um, you know, I wanted to be a midwife for a long time, Mm. decades. Yes hear people say oh I want to be a midwife that'd be so great you know when the baby's born it's so wonderful but really what you know what I came to realize is when the baby's born that's a really small part of midwifery the rest of it is paperwork waiting Mm. for hours and hours and hours yeah and everybody's different everybody's different it's a lot Mm. of waiting it's a lot of I mean right now midwifery is regulated by the government here in British mm. in Canada in most places so you are you are filling out paperwork and doing things according to regulations it's all mm. hours you're always on call you have to maintain a clinic in one location which I came to learn about myself is not mm. you can't be going here there and everywhere I mean there might be some opportunities to do that but in general mm. you have to pregnancy can be long and people sort of want you to be there through most of it right so yeah so you got to do your homework you got to do your homework before you decide oh I want to do something and then see if that's really what you want to do and for some people those problems you know irregular hours being up all night having to stay in one place Mm. are things you know what I mean those are things yeah but they thrive but they thrive in those situations for other people they're deal breakers so I think 
yeah. it's important to think about not just the fantasy about the glamour of that moment when the baby's born, for example, but to think about yes. the entirety of what it means to do that job. Yeah, but I think that's probably in most careers, isn't it? And it's like in most things in life, you know, there's always going to be the things that you like about it. And there will be some things that you don't like about it. And you have to learn how to be okay with both. And I think when it comes to perhaps a career, we can talk about, like you said, some people want to do something that make them happy. But then what does that really mean? Because to me, it seems like the world fulfillment is a is a is a is a more um, how can I say accurate way to describe to do something that you love to do because when the things that you don't like about that particular job comes through you're still doing it because you it fulfills you it's like a, like a soul calling so there's a different on the spectrum there's so many you know different markers how people can identify what is it that you truly want to to do with your life I remember when I was a kid. I uh, I always loved people and I always wanted to help people since I was very young, like five, six years old. And I remember seeing in our uh, community that there were these people called social workers like you. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be a social worker one day because I wanted to help people. And then, of course, later in life, when I understood what a social worker really does, I'm like, nope, <laughs> works, for the, works for an institution, has no, you know, can't do any decisions. It's like, and it's like, nope, don't want to do that. And decided to become a, to be, do psychology instead. And then of course, later on, when I discovered that, oh, if I want to do a master's in psychology, I feel I'll be very much like blocked in to a certain way of doing things. And I wanted to be, I guess, more free in, in how I do things because I'd already been teaching yoga for many years. I'd already been connected to myself and to more than just a physical body. So I wanted to be able to tap into all that. Um, instead of just doing it from a book. So I decided no. But also when I decided no, I let go of that, what we call safety in that kind of job. Because that kind of job, like, you know, you get people who can use their benefits and everything is going to be hunky-dory. But I still, in my heart, I still felt that it's not right for me. So I let let that safety go. Mm -hmm. Right? And so there are many decisions that you have to make you know, to get to the place where you feel you're doing something that fulfills you. And that's kind of like, you know, uh, going to help people because we all help people. Every one of us, it doesn't matter what you do, even if you're just baking a bread, even if you're just sewing up a zipper, even if you're, we're all helping each other mm-hmm. through our jobs, through whatever it, if you're building cars or you're fixing cars, all our jobs is helping another person. Mm-hmm. Most. I'm sure probably listeners are thinking, well, what about, and they have some exception in their head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> most jobs, whatever. I mean, like, I don't know. Like yeah, maybe scuba diving is not, I don't know. <laughs> I love scuba diving. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, and I think, you know, you talked about happiness and I think it's a myth. We think that we get happiness, you know, oh, if I just had, you know, all the money in the world and I could just sit on a beach and do nothing. But actually, studies show that when you, if people do have the opportunity to do that, yeah, they're good for a couple of weeks. Mm. But after that, they're bored, depressed, and restless because really, happiness and purpose mm. are tough, right? You it's see, not, when people lose that, that's why often in retirement, people's happiness takes a dip because they lose no more purpose. Unless you retire to something, people lose that sense of purpose, and it's been shown that that is crucial yeah and I can see that too just as a mother because when my kids were younger my purpose was to make sure they have this 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 and this give this and this and then as they got older I had to do less and less and then they moved out I was like oh 
it's like, and you have to redefine your purpose. And luckily for me, I already had some, my side, which is my yoga, my meditation and so on. But now that my kids are all grown up and mostly out, um, I get to do way more. But if I wasn't preparing myself all those years to have, to have this, then, uh, then I think it could have been a problem. Like I think many people do because your purpose is now not there anymore. So you have to find a way to redefine your purpose if that's going on. So for example, if you're going to be retiring, make sure that now you have to change your purpose because your purpose isn't to go to work, but you still need one to get up in the morning to enjoy your life. Even if your purpose is just, I see a lot of people retired going on a walk and picking up the garbage along the way. It's like, wow, that's like, that's incredible that somebody is doing that. Like, you know, to me anyway, I think that's incredible. So even if it's just that, if you wake up and say, I have another person who close to where I live, he's retired and he helps the kids when they go to school to cross the, you know, the, the, the street. It's like he gets up in the morning. He doesn't have to. He's like helping the kids, you know, helps the school purpose. It's yeah. very important because without it, you, we're just going to die. Absolutely. You don't feel a part of things. You feel you yes. lose your place in society. And as, as you were talking, I was thinking, and as you were talking about raising your kids, part of the yeah. work I do purpose another part of the work that I do is around identity mm. and so often when our kids are little or when we work you know a job that becomes part of our identity as parents as employees you know people often say what do you do and what they're really asking is who are you in the world and we mm. say you know I'm a yoga teacher I'm a, I'm a counselor I'm a mother I'm a mother right mm. and I think parents are often encouraged, especially female parents, I would argue, mm. to really lean into that identity and to really have that as your sole purpose. And often, as you said, when the kids grow up, they don't need you as much. It can be a bigger loss and maybe it yes. yes, don't have other relationships and other identity besides that. that you can Yeah. So if you're listening out there and if your identity was solely is solely related to your job or solely related to your children, you need something for yourself. You need something that, that goes beyond those things that if they're not there anymore, who are you? What can you offer the world? And, and it's, it's great to know that it's okay for that to change. Right. You know, we don't all have to say the same the whole life. Like, like I believe, like if you look at nature, nature has four seasons. It doesn't say summer the whole year. It doesn't say winter the whole year. We go through phases. We go through stages. I think, you know, often we, as human beings, we, feel separated from nature, but we are part of nature. And so when you watch nature, she gives us all the clues. Mm -hmm. We can really use nature to help us to go through our seasons because that's how I look at my life. I'm, it's a season to be a teenager. I had a season to be a toddler. I just, and then I watched my children having the seasons to be those things. And, uh, and you have to be able to uh, change with that internally mm -hmm. and be okay with where you're at, mm -hmm. you know? And again, coming back to the midlife people, midlife crisis people, because that's also what happens to people is they get to their midlife and it's a different phase and it's a beautiful phase. But what often happens is we compare it to the last phase. It's like, oh, when you get to 30, then they want to be 20. Or when you get to 50, they want to be 30. And it's like, we haven't even explored this phase, but you're comparing it to the last phase. Of course, you're going to be unhappy. Yeah. And holding on to the last phase and really thinking that, um, you know, that you're not supposed to change or that it's not. Yes. And, na and nature doesn't do that. Like if you watch, the, I, I mean, the, um, one of the things that I love the most where I live is the fall. And I just, to me, it never ceases to fascinate me how the leaves just fall from the trees. There's no resistance. 
There's no access. Steve says like, hey, it's time. Let's just fall. And then what happens is they fall to the ground and then they mix, become, you know, earth and then that goes into the roots of the tree and then you get new leaves. And that's literally what's going on for us too. It's just, you know, we're going through these changes and these phases, but if you hold on to an identity, could be a career identity too, but you can apply it into anything in your life. If you hold on to it, then you're going to be unhappy. That's why so many people are unhappy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they haven't updated their, they're still trying to operate as if it's summer when it's winter. Okay. I remember the update story with the iPhones because I always say, imagine you are running on an iPhone iPhone 4, okay? So this is your life. And then now some years have gone by and we have an iPhone 13. So you're you're trying to put the software of the iPhone 13 into the iPhone 4 phone. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need to upgrade yourself with yeah. time as things are changing. You can be stuck in the past it's going to be one of the worst things for you because there's only pain and suffering there because why the past is not real the past doesn't exist anymore Mm -hmm. and so if you're comparing your life now to the past you're going to be miserable so better don't do it I feel like as you're talking I'm realizing I see this a lot with career coaching and career counseling with younger people Mm. who are being fed a constant stream of information from the older people in their life, be that their parents, their teachers, their grandparents, aunts and uncles, even maybe sometimes their boss. And they're being, you know, told things about careers that were maybe appropriate in the 1970s or 1980s, mm. but it's not appropriate to the way that people work now, right? No. They're being told like, you can't ask for time off. Working from home is unrealistic. You have to stay with one job. Otherwise, people are going to think you're flaky. And all of that stuff is absolutely not true, right? I mean, wow. that, it, it was true. That's how we conceptualized work, right? That was the relationship yes. that people had with work. You better be grateful for that job. You better stay yeah. with have it for your entire life. 50 years ago. What your boss says goes. Mm. And, you know, just grit your teeth until retirement. And then your real life will start if you're lucky enough to live that long. Mm. And people nowadays are real, like, I don't think, I know that that is not the way that most the way. operates, mm. these days, right? And I feel like, yeah, yeah. if people- That's important. That's important to, to know. From the iPhone 4, right? It's not- Exactly. And here's the thing, like those people have good intentions, Uh, But again, you know, they didn't upgrade themselves with time. They stayed like, you know, from 30 and 40 years ago, the information stayed the same, but life is constantly changing and moving and changing and moving. And if you don't change and move with it, I mean, as you get older, you don't have to go at the same pace, but you still have to do it Mm -hmm. because if you don't, you get left behind. Absolutely. And then you give this information uh, that is like outdated. Right. Because because that's what worked for you 50 years ago, but it doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work anymore. It isn't the way. Yes. The world is changing very quickly. And, the rules and oh, isn't it? So, and we can hardly keep up. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of like spinning to me. It's like, oh, my God, things are changing every day, every day so fast. It's crazy. I don't know if it's, if it's an age thing. Maybe the five-year-old <laughs> doesn't feel the same about it as we do at 50, but as I do at 50, but you know, uh, I just feel like there's so much change. There's, th- there's so much technology. There's so much information. Like it's, it's just hard to find a peaceful moment because there's so much change. Like you have to keep up with it all the time. Yeah. So basically I was going to ask you as a, so if there's a person who 
now that we've had this conversation and we've opened up their minds a little bit about, oh, checking out their relationship towards their job, checking out how they, you know, feel about it. Um, what kind of markers would you um, say for people to watch out? Like, what would be the tell signs? It's a great question. I think mm. that um, things, you sort of maybe what we would call mental health symptoms. If you notice, you know, Sunday night, Monday morning, you're feeling a little anxious, feeling a little bit like, sort of some dread you don't want to go mm. in that's a really good it's not really a necessarily a sign that you desperately need to make a change but it's maybe a sign that you need to talk to somebody about it and mm. see if you can figure out what's going on if you you know you talked about the midlife crisis and I think people often feel like you know the job that they have that's good for now you mm. know if you find okay this job and I just took it it's good for now it's not everything but it's 10 years in I'm, or five years in or two years in, I'm not getting any younger and I'm starting to get worried. You know, maybe I need to think about having a plan for how mm. to make a change. Or also if you find yourself thinking, I want to do something else, but I don't know what that is. And I don't even know where to start to figure yeah, that out. Yeah. And it's nice to talk to somebody and explore that because you'll be amazed what comes out once you have the opportunity to explore it with another person who's just there for you to listen to you because often I found that when you have a person that listens to you and you can really have the safety and the freedom to talk usually you come up with your own solutions yeah absolutely and the role of the counselor and the coach is certainly not to tell you what to do or what you should look into it's to ask those questions and give that outside perspective it's mm-hmm. I said it's like massage you can't really do it on yourself you really need an outside person uh-huh so far with yourself right you really need an outside person i mean you could do a little bit like you know <laughs> but not not a full massage yeah, yeah. Right. i like it yeah i've also heard it say you know, even the best back surgeon doesn't do their own back surgery right so mm. need therapists yogis need yoga teachers right mm. we all need doctors don't do their own maybe they do some of their own medicine but they go to the doctor right so we all need that sort of outside perspective we are meant to live in community and to help well if you look at uh, some of the world's most successful athletes and business people they all had coaches every single one of them Mm -hmm. because again like you said it's very important to get that outside perspective and also you know, if you have, like, in my case, I see that as a, when I was teach, uh, going for my yoga teacher training, you go to a teacher who knows a way more than you do, because they're going to open your eyes and expand your mind so that you can step into that, so that you can start to see what's out there. But if you don't have somebody who knows more than you in that particular thing, then you will never know it either. Yeah. So that's why we have people like you who can help and guide people to um to explore it at least like if you're listening here and you're feeling you're not feeling enthusiastic about your life your job it's like yeah maybe just explore it maybe just go and talk to somebody and say hey I want to talk about my career um I mean when I was a kid like I wanted to be a social worker and then when I became a teenager like eight, seventeen, I was like oh I want to be an air hostess because I wanted to travel and I thought I could travel for free if I'm an air hostess but like you said once I did all the once I looked at it, I was like, oh no, the sleeping patterns, it's like, it's terrible. And it's like in and out. And it's like, no. And so I decided I'd rather just go and travel by myself and see the world, but I don't have to be an air hostess. So, you know, uh, yeah. maybe 
maybe you romanticized it in one sense, but now the reality of it is like different. Uh, you don't have to be stuck there. Mm-hmm. That's an important what you just said about being an air hostess. I mean, that's some of the work that we do. Exactly what you said. Okay, what is it about that? that yes. To you? It's helping people, being with people, traveling, the freedom. Yes. Those those things are great. What are the deal breakers? The not-, <laughs> not sleeping. <laughs> no, thank you. The long hours that you have to maybe do a flight. And then you have four days off in some other place. But um, it's like, no, thank you. Yeah. I'd rather wait and go and see the places slower, but I don't have to. So I made a decision. It's like, and I'm glad that I did that because I really, the longer I looked at, the more I realized it's something that I wouldn't like to do. But other people might, you know. And we were talking about seasons. Who knows? There may be a point in your life when it makes sense to go and do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she made me laugh so hard. (laughs) But I'll keep an open mind. My point is, you know, at some point, it's not the right decision for you. It doesn't mean that. I love it. Oh, my God. All the airlines will be coming to me saying, Deb, come work for us. Get one of the airline I mean I thought about doing that as well I think many people think about that Dead, but yeah for the traveling you have to speak fluent French and I realized oh that's never gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, don't find something else so yeah yeah, yeah. excellent yeah well Jill I want to uh, thank you I think we've covered most of the points I think mostly we just wanted to um, make people aware uh, that you have a relationship with your job and that if you didn't know it, that you could explore it a little bit. And if you don't like it, you can talk to somebody about it. If you want to change it, talk to somebody about it. If you want to, if you're romanticizing some other career in your mind, make sure you do your homework. So hopefully people will take our pointers today and apply it and hopefully it can help them. And if you ever feel like you have to reach out, um, I'm going to put all Jill's information down here in the podcast. So you can reach out to her at any time. Um, I personally think it's a wonderful, it's to me, it's such a wonderful opportunity when you can go and talk to somebody about something that you don't have much idea about, right? And so uh, it's good to know that that's available. So reach out to her. And I just want to say thank you, Jill. It was so lovely to make a conversation with you. That's how I run my podcast. We have a conversation. We talk about real life. We talk about real things. We talk about day-to-day things that people go through. And the intention is always to find that uh, kind of thread, you know, that your day-to-day life, spirituality is in your day-to-day life. Spirituality is in your job. Spirituality is in your raising your family. Spirituality is present in everything that we do. And so I just like to have conversations with different people trying to help our audience to hear some information that they might not have heard before and share that in a very conversational way. So I just wanted to thank you for having a conversation with me today. And, uh, and uh, we will see you soon. I haven't seen you here in, in so many years. I think you're still on the island there, right? In Victoria? Vancouver yeah oh Vancouver so whenever you come to the Okanagan come and say hello to us and we look forward to that we will go to yoga together that's it exactly let's let's go die in the hot room absolutely I can't wait (laughs) thank you Joel have a wonderful day take care bye